Hey everybody, it's Double Dip Tarzan Boy and Ken here with Vapor Review Blog. We're here with Sable from Vapex Sales and uh, talk about the new Evo and how it's hit the streets. The hotness is out there. How hey, you doing, guys? Doing? Hey, Internet. What's up? So good what's to been be going here. Thanks on, for having man. me again, guys. So you've been uh, you've been pretty busy since we last talked. What have you uh, What have you been up to? So, uh, in addition to just getting ready for the launch, been trying to raise additional capital just to ensure that um, the company's supply chain will remain strong. We had an extremely strong set of uh, pre-sale orders after the Indiegogo campaign ended. So, in order to ensure that all the orders could be fulfilled, uh, we needed to raise some additional capital to buy more parts, to build more machines. But the good news is, uh, through all of that, we were able to meet some really good partners that could help us um, not only uh, 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 manufacture the cloud, but just help us with overall fulfillment and packaging and, and just make things a little bit easier for us to run as a company, uh, just so that we could be designing vaporizers and not worrying so much on the uh, operational side of things. That's good stuff. That's And that's... Uh... <laughs> we want to see you designing more vaporizers, so that's not something I'm going to complain about. Um, you you made your October launch date. You barely made it. You skipped right up to the end of October, and then you guys started shipping. Uh, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm sure that you're proud of your whole team. What uh, what you guys have to do to make it that uh, within that time frame? Uh, you know, lots of uh, long nights, obviously. Um, I'm not going to lie. The, the wife had me sleeping on the uh, couch a couple times during this period. But obviously for us, um, we wanted to ensure that the people that did contribute, you know, it, we follow a lot of Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaigns ourselves. And we know that many times uh, companies don't hit their uh, launch date. So for us, um, it was super important. We were able to ship off units on October 31st. You know, I know it was the last day of October, but for us, you know, that was a step number one for just having a win. But essentially, we were just burning the midnight oil, a lot of late night meetings, you know, lots of, uh, you know, just just uh, things did come up. I, I would say definitely more than four mulligans came up here and there. But, you know, we just really needed to respond quickly and adjust to the changes and, you know, make sure that none of that stuff got in our way of the launch. Tell us, uh, tell us a bit about it. What are what are the some of the first hurdles that you faced? Um, so, uh, simple things like working with our software engineer, the ones that help us put together the heat algorithm, you know, simple things that I thought would be, um, very straightforward, for example, communicating like the specs of our heater and the thermal couple to the engineer so that the engineer could begin, uh, uh creating a algorithm to control the heat, um, just without getting into details. The software engineer and the heater manufacturer, um, they seem to be speaking two different languages the whole time. So I was stuck in the middle, myself not being a technical, technical person, trying to articulate what each of these parties was trying to communicate to each other. And obviously, you know, if you have a middleman and that person, you know, isn't well versed in that particular language, then communicating isn't as clear as it should be. And obviously, when it's not as clear as it should be, then it's going to take additional cycles before, you know, everything is clear from both sides. So, I mean, it wasn't anything that was groundbreaking or anything that was disastrous, but it was just small things like that, that, you know, were uh, keeping us from functioning like as efficiently as we could have. But like I said, you know, in business, you just got to roll with the punches and make things happen. So how do you find, now that you've 
you know, had some experience working with some of these uh, these parts manufacturers. Have you guys found some that you were like really happy with and and feel like you can you can put the Evo out and there's there's not going to be a lot of problems? Um, were there any problems during the beta test that you had? Um, so obviously there was a, a few things that we found during the beta testing period that we were able to address, but. For us, working with uh, different vendors and, and suppliers, you know, how we really changed was um, in the first go around, we were basically ourselves. We were very friendly. We were very upfront with what we were doing. And what we actually ended up finding out was um, many times um, uh, uh, companies would miss deadlines with us and, you know, we wouldn't drop the hammer on them. And it was just because, you know, as people, uh, we're into giving people, you know, chances to, to make sure that they're doing the right thing. But in the business world, you know, what we've learned was if you're too nice, if you're too friendly, uh, many times the suppliers will take advantage of that. You know, if they have another customer that, you know, kicks and screams and yells when something goes wrong, you know, they'll service those guys first. So it was a different, you know, little things like that, that we had to adjust in the way we conducted business in order to get what we wanted. So it's not that, um, you know, we're jerks to these suppliers, but we're just not as friendly. We keep it more kind of just on a professional level. And, you know, as they come through um, and become consistently good suppliers, then that's not to say we could loosen up the reins, but at least initially from the get-go, you know, we have to have a very um, kind of tightly processed uh, relationship with these suppliers just to make sure that, you know, our expectations aren't in line with what they're going to deliver and there's no um, miscommunications between the two parties. That's something I think uh, a lot of people deal with at work. I know I, I deal with uh, that at work all the time. And uh, uh, it, it makes you, I, I don't feel bad when I do it, but but it makes you wonder why kicking and screaming always works and, and why you don't just start off with it right off the bat and save yourself a couple of weeks worth of agony. But it's it's not the right way to do business. I, I agree. I mean, um, sometimes I, after after something gets resolved, and I kind of look at the timeline, I'm always thinking, man, I could have saved my whole, I could have saved everyone and the whole team a lot of time if, you know, we just kind of did the uh, attitude of kicking and screaming. But um, I don't know. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and see if we could resolve it, you know, in the simplest, uh, uh, most frictionless way possible. But, um, you know, uh, we have found the kicking and screaming to be more effective. So I guess there's something to be said about that. One of the things I love about this podcast is it's like a business 101. <laughs> like <laughs> we really get to hear all these entrepreneurs tell their stories and, and and we get to hear we get to learn from their their mistakes. Not that not that mis I think mistakes are a great thing. But we get to learn from the things that go wrong for people and it's it's been it's been a really great process to learn all this stuff. You know, I got to agree with you. I mean, when we first launched this thing in February of 2012, you know, by September of, t of that year, we had already won Cannabis Cup. And, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, the company was going to take off. And here I am, you know, roughly, you know, just a little bit over a year later and just trying to relaunch the company. But, you know, through the entire process, I mean, it may sound a little corny or a bit hippie-ish, but, you know, the journey was much more important. And I think having this period where we went through a lot of difficult times, and figuring out how to deal with them, you know, ultimately, you know, not only made me a better entrepreneur, but made the company as a whole much stronger because the level of stress that we had to deal with this year, 
it would have been very easy to cave. And even at this point, you know, now that we are relaunching and everything's much better, we still have a lot of customers that are just thinking, hey, you know, why are you fulfilling orders for these people when they're still uh, uh, units that need to be repaired? You know, are, are you guys, um, you know, just out to make money and you guys are forgetting about the people that supported you in the past? But, you know, it's one of those things that I have to explain to them. If we, it would have been much easier for us to just file for bankruptcy and reemerge as a separate entity and not be responsible for any of the previous units. But instead, we try to raise money. We try to do the right thing. But, you know, the process still dictates that we need to fulfill these orders in order to uh, uh, get the cash flow required to buy more inventory so that we can repair those units. So it, it's been a bit of a challenge. But at the same time, you know, like I said, it, as long as you're learning from the mistakes and not repeating them, then I think ultimately um, the learning, I mean, I learned from listening to other entrepreneurs on this uh, podcast and hopefully, you know, some people pick up uh, a few learnings from listening to, to myself. So I think it's a pretty cool process and we're all in it together and hopefully uh, this industry just continues growing. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's change tracks a little bit and talk about a different part of the development process, the, uh, the community. What community feedback has changed your development process on the Evo specifically from, you know, the time you guys announced it to now? I know that there was supposed to be a, a white one at one point. I know that there was uh, a very, very glossy finish showed up. I don't know if that's still around or not. So have those things changed your development process for this new Vapex Hell unit? Yeah, so for the new unit, um, we had primarily been doing most of our R&D on a black unit. Um, obviously, we wanted to offer a, excuse me, an alternate color. White seemed to be the most obvious choice. And um, one of the things that we really wanted to include in the new unit was to allow it to be just as effective with concentrates as it was with flowers. So we had to increase the temperature range. Unfortunately, uh, with the higher temperature range, there was no white polycarbonate material that we could find that wouldn't discolor at the highest heat. So we had to um, scratch that one. And then also, because of that higher heat, we did have to, um, uh, uh, initially, we decided to use a polycarbonate shell. Right now, we are using a nylon glass-filled resin. It's called Zytel 70G33. Um, due to this new material, there is a, um, a, a limited set of colors that we could use. I personally like the finish better than the glossy finish. The glossy finish, um, it, it, it looked really nice, but it was prone to having a lot of uh, thumbprints on them. So... It was one of those things where you would always constantly be wiping it down. So I think the new finish is a pretty good compromise for, uh, uh, you know, having it look really nice and polished, but also not having to require you to maintain and upkeep the finish all the time. That's cool. And and just going on some of those comments from users and then feedback, I just want to like understand here, what's some of like the, the craziest feedback you've heard? You know, have you been threatened before or been people really been upset about anything? Uh, I personally haven't been threatened. I don't think anyone on my team has been threatened, but uh, <laughs> the forums do get pretty crazy. Uh, uh, there are times when, um, uh, let's just say the enthusiasm level, you know, should be kept on a scale to one to 10 and it gets all the way up to a hundred. So, uh, but uh, no one's ever gotten to the point where, I thought, you know, they would show up at my doorstep, but I have received <laughs> quite a few passionate emails about, you know, ruining people's weekends, ruining their holidays, um, eh, or eh, 
one day if I compiled all of them, you know, this would make quite an interesting story. But for the most part, I mean, like I said, nothing but bodily, nothing um, in the realm of bodily harm. But uh, definitely some people that let it be known quite clearly that uh, 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 because of not receiving their unit or a unit perhaps uh, 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 frying out at the wrong time, you know, ruining their weekend, you know, that's about as bad as it gets right now. I would I would hold that against you personally as well. I mean, it's not it's not anything that you can control. So just just accept it. You're 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 at fault. <laughs> I think at this point, acceptance is the only choice. <laughs> so, your uh, in terms of suggestions, like uh, things that people want to add to the unit, or they think that you should take away from the unit, unit. What's what's your favorite one? Which one is really really out there? You know, like maybe a backpack battery for it, or which which ideas are really out there? Hmm. Uh, I, I think the notion of a all glass bowl, it, I mean, it, it might not be the most out there idea, but I think it's one of the most difficult ones to execute just because of the um, material properties of the glass. But uh, there have been a few guys that were really looking for some sort of, a, you know, vape exhale app that you could control your vaporizer utilizing your cell phone. Um, <laughs> Mostly just to turn it on would be the main thing. (laughs) But, uh, you know, some of the things that some people wanted would be specific algorithms that might vaporize certain herbal materials better, whether it's like lavender, chamomile, or ginseng. Um, But for me, I I don't think that uh, that would be a super productive use of our time. But, you know, I mean, I'm always open to suggestions. I, I do think that in the future, um, having some sort of firmware upgradable features that uh, could be done wirelessly w- would be pretty cool. But, um, you know, for right now, since we have limited bandwidth, you know, we have to pick and choose what we really want to execute on. Yeah, there's an eSig that's like firmware upgradable. You can plug it into your computer via USB and upgrade the firmware. And I thought, wow, that's so interesting that you could, you could, after you've bought this physical product, you can update it and kind of add some features. That's, that's not something I'm used to. I'm used to updating my iPhone or my iPod, um, but not really like a, like a hardware tool, like a vaporizer. I mean, when I think about um, uh, uh, technology that could further the vaporizers of the future, you know, some of the things that I think about would be just like you were talking about, you know, you think about upgrading your iPhone's firmware. I, I think that at some point it would be really cool. The vaporizers just started to learn what your vaporizing patterns would be like. So, for example, you know, I come home every day around 530. At 530, the unit would turn itself on. I typically vape at, you know, dinner time and then once before bedtime. So it would know to just auto shut itself on and off during those times. And Obviously, you could do a, some sort of manual override, but I always thought, you know, different ways to make the vaporizer better. I think we're getting to a point where there might be diminishing returns for how thick and potent the vapor could be. So I just think of it as like, you know, how, how can we make it simpler for people to use and uh, uh, just more enjoyable and less intrusive? And, and with that, I think you had mentioned like with diminishing returns in the bigger clouds, and I, I've been actually finding you know vaporizing on lower temperatures and giving like, like better flavor and taste of the uh, of the bud or whatever product I'm using. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about maybe like a cycling feature on the on the vape and then having it go from lower to higher? So that oh, users- like the ascent. 
yeah, I think that's probably a good uh, comparison right there, King. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's the way I vape manually. So I think automating that process seems like a no-brainer. But I personally like, especially during the daytime, vaporizing at lower temperatures and uh, throughout the day, you know, increasing the temperature just a little bit for a slightly different effect. Do you know more about monkeys in general now than before you started? Uh, I've always been just really into monkeys ever since I was a kid. <laughs> so I would say my, my knowledge was pretty strong about monkeys just in general, primates, all that good stuff. Um, but uh, uh, obviously, I continue to learn about all sorts of new species. So uh, the, the knowledge is increased uh, by a little bit, but not exponentially. So you're telling me that you're going to have plenty of names lined up for all the firmware updates. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I, I should start thinking about that. I didn't put too much thought. We just kind of use the conventional 1.1, 1.02 for our firmware updates. But it'd be nice to uh, give it some, some sort of marketing cachet like the Apple folks have done. 2.0 um, is chimpanzee. I'm just, I'm just saying I'm, I'm going to be holding on to that silverback upgrade forever. <laughs> That's awesome. The silverback. That would be the creme de la creme for sure. Oh boy! I so, think before we started today, I just saw a couple of like uh, shots of your, some of your new uh, hydro tubes. I I was actually browsing your you know your inventory. Um, what's your favorite one so far? I mean the like the circulator ones have been like my hands down favorite, and I think uh, King would agree as well. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm in the same boat as you guys. The Swagger Cirque single chamber is my favorite one um right now we got the turbines coming out the turbines are fun um they add a extra layer of diffusion and they act as a natural splash guard but for me i just like a standard single chamber um there's a little bit less air volume within the standard swagger circ i just think it's a perfect set of diffusion as well as restriction um so that, that that's my favorite hydro tube but to be honest um it's one of those things that after one or two weeks I definitely like to switch it up to another piece. So I like to keep them in uh, some sort of rotation. There's no specific order. But uh, if I had to just choose one, it would be the Swagger Cirque piece. Probably got a crazy collection, too. The, uh... I, I, I've got five pieces of glass uh, <laughs> sitting just on the periphery of uh, the camera right now. But uh, it's not a bad place to be if you're a, a glass collector like myself. There was a, a pretty crazy piece of glass on uh, your guys' Instagram. I think that was today even, and we were talking about what did that thing cost? We, we were putting, uh, putting bets down. So the one that we had on Instagram today, uh, that one was made by, um, what's his name over at Stone Glassworks? Sorry, Preston. Preston. So um, that one cost, uh, uh, I believe it cost about 1400 It was oh, one of those what? things where it started off as a $200 piece. And then he gave me a few ideas, and I would pretty much agree with him. And then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> I'm handing him 500 bucks and an extra 300 bucks. And so essentially what you didn't see in that piece is uh, there's three interchangeable pieces that uh, go in and out of it. So you could customize it and mix and match wow. it. Um, yeah, so it, 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 it was money well spent. But um, let's just say... When I uh, bust my balls, wife—I mean, bust my wife's balls—about um, you know getting these shoes or expensive bags, she always points at that glass piece, and you know. I mean, my my bet was on seven hundred, and that was only what I saw. That thing is a beast. 
if it was just a, a standard uh, crew chamber, 700 would be the going rate. But since it does have those modular pieces, uh, each one added like an extra 300 on top of Holy that. Holy smokes. But it's for science, right? I mean, this is all R&D. It's all R&D. Um, I, I am biting the bullet. I am, you know, testing out all these pieces just to make sure that when we produce our own, you know, people are getting the uh, best vapor experience possible. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to use all the glass. Someone has got to do it. And, you know, luckily, uh, luckily I enjoy doing it too. So it doesn't feel like too much work every day. So tell me about your traveling for this whole process. Because I remember at one point you told us that you may have been going to, uh, to Philly. Did you end up going to Philly? Did you do a lot of traveling with the, uh, the Evo? Uh, I myself haven't done much traveling. Um, I've been just holding it down here. Uh, like I said, I, I, I've been essentially just uh, ensuring that um, we still have strong orders after our Indiegogo campaign ended. And, you know, essentially we were able to sell out all the units that we could produce. So um, because of that, we needed to raise some additional capital. So for me, I was focused on raising additional funding for the company, uh, while the folks out in Philadelphia were just ensuring that we have all the pieces uh, that are necessary to ensure that we launch smoothly. So we had a guy um, that uh, measured in uh, supply chain. He put together our uh, assembly as well as fulfillment center. He did a really nice job, you know, made sure everything was a uh, done in the proper, you know, order and sequence for maximum efficiency. And also on the assembly side, we built a bunch of uh, custom components that allow us to not only build the clouds quicker, but also to test and QA them a lot quicker too, just to maximize the amount of time that uh, uh, our builders are in the office. So um, we, we uh, I think considering the uh, campaign ended in July, you know, that's roughly, uh, you know, four months. It definitely was a, a lot of heavy lifting over these last four months, a lot of uh, yelling and screaming on the phone, but somehow, you know, just uh, uh, through, I guess, sheer will and a little bit of luck, you know, we were able to push the first units out. And so I think the folks should probably get them on Monday or Tuesday of this week. So we should start seeing the first reviews um, of the units start trickling in. But I know for myself, you know, the litmus test is always my wife. So my wife is still running the old model. And then I have the Cloud Evo on my side of the bed. And, uh, you know, more and more, she's been just kind of like hinting, like, you know, that should be on her side of the bed. So I know there's some <laughs> appreciable difference that uh, she could detect and recognize. You know, I, I never, it's hard for me to trust myself just because I always get so excited for these new machines. So I know it's very easy to have like bias, but, uh, you know, my wife's much more honest about, you know, whether I'm doing well or if I'm doing poorly. So you know, getting the thumbs up from her definitely made me feel confident that this is a, a product that has evolved from the first edition and it is, it is deserving of a new name and uh, 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 the extended and added performance. You know, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised and uh, pleasantly surprised at that. Sounds like you need his and hers Evos, my friend. Pink edition? I, I, like matching bath towels. <laughs> I like the idea that I think uh, I think um, at least one Christmas gift uh, could be crossed off the list now. So there was some discussion about the uh, the easy little bowls. Have those changed since the uh, the first edition, the first rendition? Uh, uh, aside from fitting a lot better, that that's the only change. Uh, we did toy around with a few ideas of having a concentrates easy load bowl or having an easy load bowl that held. Um, uh, uh, extra capacity, but 
we decided just to keep it one and the same. It was one of those things where as we were gearing up for the launch because of all the moving parts, um, we thought working on various uh, uh, bowls, it just wasn't a very good use of our time. And uh, the, um, we actually found a better way to do concentrates without the easy load bowl. So we're going to have this little contraption. Uh, we're testing it out right now, but it should come out, I think, in the next uh, month or two. But essentially, it's a device that sits between the cloud and your hydro tube that allows you to vaporize any type of essential oils at precisely the temperature that it'll vaporize. So no residues, flavor tastes really good, and uh, really easy to use, too. Wow, that's that's pretty cool, man. You guys are still innovating. I mean, you just had a product come out. It should be, uh, by the time everybody hears this, they, you know, the first few will probably already be landing into uh, into people's hands. Um, you guys had a beta period. Uh, it lasted, it seems like it lasted about a week. And, you know, it wasn't a traditional beta. It was really more of a beta for the software. Uh, did any changes get made in that last period? Yeah, uh, we were essentially fine-tuning the heat algorithm. So we just wanted to know, which type um, was uh, the easiest to use and had the best user feedback and was the most intuitive. So essentially, uh, at that period, almost every variable was already locked down. We just needed to figure out the firmware. So it didn't need to be a long beta testing period, and it wasn't one that required us to order any additional parts. We just needed to program all the printed circuit boards with the appropriate firmware. So just like jumping over in conversation topics, before you mentioned uh, the QA team, and I think uh, a lot of us have seen some other threads and some other vaporizers that are like question, you know, new products that come out and, you know, whether or not the manufacturers like designers like yourself are actually looking at the products before you ship them to customers. Are you guys going to be, you know, I know part of that Philly team is, is uh, actually designing them and uh, creating them and putting them together, assembly, excuse me. But are they also going to be doing some in-house QA over there? And you want to describe that process? Absolutely. So uh, the specific QA process, uh, I'm not going to walk through, but uh, there is, uh, through each assembly phase, there is a testing period to ensure that that phase was completed properly. And then obviously during the final assembly, uh, final assembly, there is another set of uh, QC and QA testing that is done just to ensure that these units are working properly before we send them out. Um, obviously, if anyone has followed the history of the company, you know, um, uh, there has been, you know, some issues with the units in the past. But for us, uh, with the new units, um, the way we designed it was a much more um, uh, a scalable way to build things and a much more easy. So uh, even through that process of redesigning things, we wanted to make sure that the testing and the uh, QCing was also done in a streamlined fashion. So. Uh, we're able to get through this in a much more efficient manner while testing and QCing each machine um, to ensure that uh, 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 our, our product is a quality product that's deserving of that price point. Don't you have, you, you said you had some sort of evil doctor working for you that helps you design these things. I remember this from the first podcast. Uh, I don't remember where I was going with this. <laughs> Describe this doctor. Who, who is this? Who is this? Egg? Yeah, who's the wizard over here in the US? Yeah, so um, we we have this uh, our chief product designer. We call him Professor Vape. His, his uh, he goes by Tex uh, in real life, but um, he's a guy that kind of thinks about um, how to execute a lot of the ideas that we're just thinking about. But uh, he himself. Um, 
she likes to design things uh, more than uh, partake in the culture, but um, that doesn't stop him from, you know, kind of putting him put, put, putting himself into the right mind state to think about, hey, you know, if someone's really into these types of devices, you know, what would make life more convenient for him? So one of the things that he's working on right now is a shredder that would also double as a uh, loader for your easy load bowl. So instead of, uh, you know, scooping out and loading each one, uh, what you would do is you would just essentially um, uh, 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 load the shredder with herb and then load your six ELDs inside. It'll look kind of like a revolver or like a six shooter. And then as you're shredding it, it'll just drop uh, uh, the shredded herb into the bowl and just make it a lot more easy for uh, uh, someone to, you know, prepare their herbs and get ready for vaporizing. That's, that that's cool. one thing you don't want to forget to take out of your bag before you go through TSA. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a double whammy. Yeah, in the TSA at uh, uh, SFO, they are super lenient and lax. I mean, it's nothing that I would ever try, but there's an article in USA Today that came out in, I think, November of 2011, but they essentially said that um, as long as you're a medical patient, you know, you are able to fly with the amount of medicine that you are legally um, able to hold. And essentially, you know, even if the, you know, they have you put it through the x-ray machine, you know, as long as it's under the uh, legal amount, you know, it's nothing that they're going to get upset about. Wow. So when do you think these are going to go on sale to the general public? So we are still taking pre-orders on our website. So if anyone wants to pre-order up until November 5th, uh, you'll save $50 off. After November 5th, you could still pre-order and essentially get in line. But um, we think that we'll get caught up with the pre-orders by the end of the year. So by January of next year, um, we should be at the point where when you order, uh, you should be receiving your cloud, you know, uh, a day or two after you order. So, um, yeah, just about another two months for us to catch up on all the pre-orders. That box looks good. You guys did some, you know... Crowdsourcing for the box ideas, and I really love the box you came out with. I know I, I read at least one comment when someone said you should worry less about the box and worry more about the Evo, but I disagree with him, man. That's a good looking box. Thank you. I mean, I understand what his point is. I mean, many times uh, uh, when my team or myself were too uh, overly focused on things that weren't exactly the Evo, I would find myself having to pull myself back to just making sure that Evo was ready to launch. But, you know, little things like the packaging or even the warranty card or the manual, I mean, I think all of those things play into the user experience. Uh, obviously, the number one thing is vapor performance, but overall, I, I think the experience starts with the packaging. It was something that we wanted to do from the get-go, but due to just limited resources, it was something that we had to pass up. But now that we had a second chance to do things over, you know, we wanted to make sure that we did them right. I think that's great, though, because it's about the whole experience. Uh, you know, if you if you're buying a, a five hundred dollar premium vaporizer and it comes in a box that's just so so, it really makes you question everything. You know what I mean? Um, so that, oh, you're so right. I hate pulling really nice products out of blister packaging. That is the worst feeling. Like there's there's just something fulfilling. To be like, oh, this is a nice box, and maybe that's just me being like justifying the purchase, but. But like when an Apple product comes to me, I'm like, this is a nice box and it contains a nice thing inside of it as opposed to just some cardboard. 
when you guys have seen that PAX too, like the, how they're marketing and their branding with their box came out, yep. I, I, that was one of my first compliments in seeing that. I think two out of three Vapor Review bloggers will say that they love the Ascent packaging. Uh, I know I do. What about you, Tarzan? Oh, uh, yeah. Another, again, classy design right there. Also, like how they put all the features like underneath as well, keeping it you know minimalistic looking on top. Yeah, I agree. So what do you guys have inside the box? How is it packaged? Um, it, it's, uh, I, w- I would say, I, I mean, that's a kind of difficult question to answer, but it's packaged <laughs> very nightly, uh, nicely, tightly, and I think uh, done in a very kind of a, a, a efficient manner with the space provided. Um, the glass itself, we actually uh, put in a separate packaging. We just want to ensure that, you know, nothing happens to it because that is one of the most fragile but um, most kick-ass components uh, of the machine. So we actually um, uh, uh, package the glass in its own separate box just to ensure that when it gets to your house, it's going to get there in one piece. But um, with the packaging, we wanted to make sure that it was uh, done in a manner that was uh, uh, environmentally friendly as well. So we decided to use recycled cardboard paper as well as the way it's folded is done in a way that minimizes waste. So it was just our small little way of just trying to, uh, you know, give a little bit back uh, by not uh, utilizing, you know, um, wasteful materials just for having kick-ass packaging. This is the, I, w- I just want to go on a little tangent here, too. So I was also watching just a comedy on, on YouTube with Doug Vince, and I had just also, excuse me, recommended that they take a look at your Cloud Evo. Maybe getting that featured on the show would also give fans uh, – you know, a better look about the clouds that really vaporizers can perform. And, you know, seeing how they're drawing like 40,000 viewers on a weekly basis, it's probably good for you guys to look at maybe reaching out to comics and, you know, looking at that element to sort of market your uh, your Cloud Evo. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually at the point where I'm about to go full-time with the company. So um, these were duties that, uh, you know, any founder or CEO should be doing. But since I was essentially bankrolling the company by working a day job, you know, I had to make sure that, uh, you know, that was taken care of first, but, uh, pretty soon, you know, I'm going to be working on vape XL full time and really just picking up the slack on the marketing as well as the sales side. Luckily, you know, uh, when you have a really good product, um, that does a lot of the speaking for you where, you know, a lot of people have found us organically, but you know, um, there, I would essentially say only the hardcore folks know about us. So, you know, now my job is to really make sure that, uh, more casual folks or people that just want a different way to vaporize have exposure to what we're doing and, um, and, and know where to find us. So, um, we definitely want to explore that angle with Doug Benson. Funny story is, uh, I actually sent a unit to Joe Rogan and, uh, Doug Benson happened to be his guest that day. And Joe Rogan couldn't get the machine to work, but, uh, Doug Benson was saying it worked, but for whatever reason, I think he was just maybe being nice on the show, but uh, if I could get him a new one, that would really, I think it would make my day for sure, but I think it would make his day for sure as well. Death Squad, for sure. I got to say this, congratulations, man. Uh, Taking a business full-time is a really huge thing, and that's amazing that you're able to do that. Like, you were able to start this thing, you were running it part-time, it's kind of mind-blowing. You created a a pretty big thing, like part time. Yeah, I've I've said the same thing to some of my friends too. That I, you know, this guy may have been like a salesman for another company. That here's the device, here's this Riptech Keep One, and you know, now he's gone full 360 and well, 180. I want to say now gone to the side we're designing it, and you know, able to produce these units. It's great. 
I mean, I, I got to say for me, it, even though I knew that ultimately I would need to um, uh, work on this full time, you know, I, I have a daughter. I want to make sure that, you know, my family's taken care of. And, you know, that's why I continued to work a second job. And also working the second job allowed me to, you know, whenever the company needed cash, I could help front some additional cash as well. But um, I think ultimately what convinced me was that the company would grow much faster if I quit, quit my day job and worked on it full time, regardless of the risk. And, uh, you know, luckily my wife is super supportive about it. You know, she believes in the product. She's seen people who are not familiar with vaporizing, try it for the first time and instantly fall in love. So, you know, based on all those things, you know, I felt, you know, I think now is the time to do it. And especially with the launch, um, it, it did seem appropriate. And um, I, I'm excited to see, how much further we could take it with me doing this full time because, you know, uh, uh, working part time has been super challenging and it's been rewarding. But I do think, you know, um, having to have having to step out of my regular job for an hour to take a business call for vape exhale, you know, obviously my mind is kind of like in two places at one time and I'm not fully focusing on the proper thing that needs to be handled at the time. So I'm excited to see what will happen when I get to focus 100% on it. And my expectation is, uh, you know, the company is going to go to the next level with that added uh, uh, bandwidth that's put into it. You know, uh, Vapor Review Blog is going full-time in 2020. You heard it here first. All three of us, maybe well, four, five, 20. <laughs> big, huge. Well, if I have anything to do with it, I hope it's like 2014 or 2015, not 2020. <laughs> so there's a there's a big event going on at the end of the month in Amsterdam. I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh, I mean, you guys only won a few awards from them before uh, the Cannabis Cup. Are you going to be there this year? Yeah, so as much as we'd love to be there, um, you know, we got a bunch of Indiegogo orders that we got to fulfill. So let's just say those emails that uh, you guys were asking me about earlier, where if I ever gotten any threatening ones, I haven't gotten any yet, but I know if we were at Cannabis Cup as opposed to fulfilling orders, I'd probably get some threatening emails <laughs> uh, really, really soon. You, you QC them as well. Everyone does, you, you said, right? You're in there testing them out, putting them in boxes. How do I get one that you checked out? So the, the ones scene? that I check out, I, they're definitely um, on the fewer side. Um, typically, I check out the ones that go to actually guys like you or other reviewers. So I, I just want to make sure that uh, uh, the ones that go to people that are reviewing the cloud, you know, have my seal of approval. But typically, uh, the majority of them are tested by the other team members. And where does all this testing go on? Is it in uh, in California or in Pennsylvania? So the the majority of the customer customer units are tested in Pennsylvania, and then the units um, that go to guys like yourself um, get sent to me in California. And then I test them for a few days, make sure that they're seasoned nice and well, and then I send them off to the uh, end recipient. That's a lot of travel, huh? That's a lot of travel for those units. So um, I'm assuming you're going to have a little bit more free time on your hands near the end of the year once you guys get all the backlog cleared out and all that. What are you, what are you going to do with all that free time you have? I'm sure you're planning ahead for it. Yeah, so um, we already got uh, – we're budgeting our next project. So, um, you know, obviously, it's no surprise, uh, it's no secret that we're working on our own portable. So once we get our 
uh, initial pre-orders out of the way and our fulfillment and assembly center are on essentially autopilot, then um, me and the rest of the team are going to, you know, really focus on launching the new product and ensuring that, you know, our, our portable makes a, as big a difference as the cloud is made for the home units uh, for the portable market. And the the portable, that's not Project HP, which is, uh, is it still higher primate? Uh, yep, that, that, that's a totally separate project. Um, but the portable, I think, is the one that makes the most sense right now. It, it's the, uh, based on, you know, my, uh, my uh, collection of vaporizers. You know, what's, what's really sorely missing from my collection is a really good portable vape. You know, that's not to say any of the other ones on the market aren't any good. But just for myself, um, you know, I haven't found the perfect portable vape for myself. So that's the project that I want to kick off next. And then uh, once that one's out the door, then Project HP. But I'd like to get started uh, on Project HP, maybe 50% uh, down the development road of the portable, uh, just so that, you know, not too much time goes by between this great idea and the actual execution of it. So are you guys going to be like uh, Tyler Perry or, and Spike Lee and put your name in front of every single product? Is it going to be the, uh, the, the Vape Exhale chimp? <laughs> I don't know if we're going to take our branding that far, but, um, you know, I'm not a marketing person myself. I plan on hiring one pretty soon. I'll leave those decisions up to the professionals. What features, even even if you don't uh, end up putting them in your portable, what features are, are portables missing now that you look at them or you're using them and you go, man, I wish this had this or I wish this had that? You know, using that first cloud, I'm sure you said, man, I wish this power cord was detachable. And then look at it, it's detachable now. Uh, you know, I think the, so I haven't tried the 1.1 Ascent, um, but I have tried the first version. Um, I did like it. The one thing that I felt could be improved on was that all these things still feel like you're sucking through a like really thick milkshake. You know, for myself, I don't like using that much effort to get, you know, huge clouds. So um, for me, you know, that's the one feature that seems to be missing from all the portables on the market. You know, I think the Solo, the Ascent, they've done a really good job having, you know, uh, essentially like an all-glass air path. The taste is pretty good. But at the end of the day, for me, um, for example, if I was at a restaurant and I wanted to medicate right before eating, I don't want to be outside just like trying to like power rip this thing and, you know, try to lose the face. <laughs> I want it to be kind of like, uh, uh, much like the cloud, you know, a very non-restrictive draw. And then just when I exhale, you know, a huge amount of uh, vapor comes out of my mouth. So that's the main thing for me. That's awesome. I can't wait till you guys are, are ready to start talking about that and have made some headway on it. Because we're going to have yet another podcast where we're going to hear all the ultra cool features that we're going to have out of, uh, out of your new portable unit. Maybe it's something it's something that I never knew I wanted. Maybe you're gonna have cool features in there. The hose comes up my sleeve, you know, like a magician. <laughs> I, no I promises, say, but um, maybe. I want to say like maybe something that in, like incorporates to your hydro tubes that would be kind of cool. Seeing like a portable that actually works with your existing uh, Vapex cloud glass. That's definitely a cool idea. You might want to pitch in there. That glass is not yeah. that portable. It's like. 
the length of my arm. Have you? Oh, I don't want to like go on a tangent here again, but like while the ascent, you know, it's they've given you that water pipe adapter. It's kind of cool to be able to like say use that uh you know f bomb or the pinnacle uh, water tool as well with it. So if you guys are designing your portable as well, also might be a good idea to incorporate some glass in there. Absolutely. I mean, uh, for myself, you know, obviously it should be a great standalone unit, but my preference is to vaporize through water, uh, water tool. So it, for me, it's definitely a must. And um, hopefully it could be um, backwards compatible with the Pinnacle as well as the F-Bomb. But one thing that we wanted to make sure was that it was compatible with the cloud's ELBs. So for sure, uh, our portable will be at least compatible with our existing glass. And you probably just need some sort of adapter to allow it to work with the 14 millimeter glass as well. Wow. Wow. Sign me up for that list, man. So that's basically it. That's all we had lined up for today. We wanted to talk to you about the uh, the new units coming out. They're going to be shipping before the uh, – well, they've already shipped. They're going to be arriving before this podcast has is, is even been published. Uh, you know, people are – People are, who are looking to get one, there's there's a list that might be going out until the end of December, the you know, back orders, but don't hesitate to get on that list. You don't want to get yours in March just because so many people signed up between now and you know January. Uh, if, uh, if nobody has anything else, I want to say thank you for coming on a second time. We love repeat guests. We can't wait to have you on a third and fourth time. Uh, this is... Uh, this has been a podcast with you know the guys from Vapor Review Blog. Uh, we got Sibo from uh, from Vape Excel talking about the new Evo. And thanks for listening. What do you guys have to add to that? Just my sincerest thanks. I'm very excited to get my hands on the Evo and give it give it some thorough testing and really just really know all the intricacies about it. Oh, we're all about testing. Yeah, I, I got to say the same thing right here. Once I have mine in my hands, you'll see a couple of Vine posts put up there and added to our Twitter account. I mean, I've been uh, messing with that lately, and I really look forward to uh, taking some nice, fat, juicy cloud rips with your uh, your product there. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm take really... some rips too, but it's gonna be it's gonna be like your your rips, but then it's just gonna be me coughing because there's no way I could inhale that much. <laughs> those those rips you put on the Instagram account, holy crap, man! They're so big. It's beautiful. I, I agree right there, man. For for a guy your size, I would be on the floor. <laughs> hey, I, I have a lot of practice, uh, but I, I'm equally excited for you guys to try it because obviously you guys have um, used a lot of vaporizers, and I know one of you has the Verdamper as well as the VHW, so I think those are really good um, kind of a litmus test to compare the Vape XL Cloud to. So I, I'm just excited to share your feedback. You know, I, I'm always very confident that the feedback's going to be positive, but until the person actually gives me a positive feedback, there is still that small, you know, 1% of me that just thinks, you know, what if they don't like it? But, uh, well, I guess that's part of uh, creating a product. But um, I am hoping that uh, we could get the initial units out by end of month and then get you guys your unit around that time. Awesome. And like, like my wife is actually fearing that this thing is be better than the Verdamper because I was even telling her, I was like, here's the Verdamper killer. I was showing the videos of it and immediately she said, are you ever going to use a Verdamper again once you get this? And I just, I looked at her and I said, maybe, possibly not, but it's, yeah, you, you guys really designed a challenger out there for, for that especially. And any folks that are heading to Amsterdam, you might know what I'm talking about. That's this large... It's a sciencey tool, and and you know it's kind of cumbersome. And now you'll be able to get that same power. What it looks like in something you know, half the size. 
Awesome. <laughs> this has been great. Can't wait to have all, can't wait to have you on again. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Vapor Review Blog or visit our website at www.vaporreviewblog.com. We also are on iTunes under Vapor Review Podcast. So get with it. Check it out. Bye, Internet. Later, guys. Later, Internet. Bye.